I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello there and welcome to episode 18 of the Adoption Chronicles. Today I'm talking with Karen Woods who is an adoptee and she's going to tell us her story and let's get started. Welcome to the show Karen. Thanks Mick, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Alrighty, so where does your story start? Um, I guess when we were born. Um, I was born in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, 1972 with my twin brother. Right. So, yeah. Um, we were both adopted out together. Yep. Um, to a family. Um, so, yeah, so that was interesting. Um, sort of, I guess we've always known that we were adopted yep. as well. Um, as my birth mum tells it, um, we used to live next door to my dad's parents. We were on a quite a large um, property in southeast uh, Melbourne. Uh-huh. So we had two and a half acre blocks and my nice. grandparents, dad's parents lived next door and his sister happened to be visiting them one day and I think my brother and I were about three or four. Yep. And um, she'd adopted children out herself so she, I guess, felt some sort of connection with with that and needing to tell us, so she took it into her own hands to tell, oh. I know, me. Um, not necessarily my brother. I still don't know from mum if, if if my brother um, found out that day too. Right. I can't remember being told, so I don't know if it's a post-traumatic stress thing or right. what. Like my brain just cannot remember. And also yep. because I was so young. Yep. Um, so, so but as my mum said. Yeah, sorry. so it wasn't yep. like you were 10 or 12 or something. It was no, no. Yeah, it wasn't like you hear people get told on their 21st birthday or yeah. 
that type of thing. Um, yeah, it was very young age, um, you know, obviously at an age that you don't kind of comprehend yep. that in the in like an adult sense. So as mum says, um, I came running home um, crying um saying you're not my real mum which just devastates me now I'll probably get a bit teary saying that because it's being a mother myself that just horrible um I guess uh, though that children there's no filter with the truth and honesty though no no but you know adult brain now Mm. looks back and thinks that's just the worst thing you could say um, yeah, you know, um, yep. obviously, yeah, you know, she knew that too. But yes. I mean, having spoken to other adoptees, you know, you have arguments with your parents, especially in teenage years, mm-hmm. and that was always ammo. Like you're not my real mum. Yeah. So it's it's really really horrible thing to say. But um, you know, again, it's that understanding and comprehension of of being in in her shoes, I guess, and, and yeah. understanding all that. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's probably where it all started for me, I guess. Yep. Mm. So having your twin brother, yeah. did you guys talk about it at all as kids? This is going to sound really weird. Um, I turned 50 next month, as does yep. he. Um, we've never spoken about it, right. um, which a lot of people feel like, how do you not talk about that because you both know Um I guess the answer to that question is we're very different people. Yeah. Um, people um, assume that twins are supposed to be close, um, are supposed to sort of have these special powers, I guess, or yeah. whatever, you know, <laughs> that type of thing. But it's that's a bit of a myth. It doesn't always happen. Yeah. Um, you know, he self-confessed that he doesn't have empathy towards people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very empathetic. So it's, I always used to think like, you know, we we're almost split at birth kind of thing, like, you know, like, or, um, you know, just, I don't know, we're just very different people. Um, so he, he, he was always sort of a bit difficult to get along with, um, right. especially in teenage years, you know, he was sort of more ma- mathematical and academic and I was more artistic and, you know, um, we'd get in arguments a bit or he'd try and help me with maths and he'd just, you know, be very condescending and right. that type of thing. So he wasn't the type of um, character, I guess. He's not the type of person that I felt confident, I guess, um, bringing that up with without perhaps causing an argument. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we just never spoke about it. Yeah. And I <laughs> yeah. completely understand um, Yeah, because I grew up, with my sister being two years younger than me and she's mm-hmm. adopted as well mm-hmm. and we both knew yeah, and we never spoke about it. Not that I can remember. Um, yeah. I could be Was wrong. Was that a bit the same for you? Like you just... Yeah. To me it felt like an elephant in a room, you know, like everybody's got a yep. story in life whether you're adopted or not adopted. Mm-hmm. Well, you've had that situation where there's an elephant in the room and you know it's there and yeah. you know and you go, should I, shouldn't I, you know, yeah. and you just got that constant, you know, the devil and angel sitting on your shoulder type yeah. thing and telling you what yeah. you should do. Yeah. Um, and there's no definitive answer. And no. It's often those sorts of elephant in the room moments where people, the discomfort's there and you just leave it. Yeah, and, and I think yeah. um, everybody tends to have a different level of seriousness about it as well. Mm. Um, yeah, and depending on how they treat it, it drives that conversation. And I think yeah. most of the time we avoid it. 
Oh, 100%. Um, mum said, mum, like my birth mum, she's super big. She got really big on genealogy at right. one stage. And, um, you know, I remember having to do a school project. We had to do a family tree, which is always great for an adoptee because you're yep. like, well, <laughs> you know, it depends on how much you connect with that and, um, you know, and see that as your family, I guess, mm. um, and all that. So we, we had a discussion and, and, you know, I was sort of curious, I guess, once I turned about 18, um, the adoption laws changed, mm-hmm. and, you know, found out you could find your birth parents and all that. And I was sort of curious, like, um, at that point, and I remember mum saying, oh, would you, you know, um, be interested in whatever? And I said, oh, maybe. And anyway, she raised it with my brother. Right. Um, you know, have you ever thought about it? Just independent to me. Yep. And she just had her gene- some of her genealogy papers in front of her and he got quite um, quite angry with her and sort of just said, that's my family, you know, and pointed to her, her paperwork. Right. Um, and as if he's just basically dismissing the whole whole adoption thing. Um, I don't know the reasons, obviously. I mean, I know some adoptees feel like they're being abandoned, all that type of stuff. And, again, we haven't spoken about that. Yep. So, again, that kind of fueled, fueled that kind of um you know, instinct of just not talking to her yeah. if she got that kind of reaction to it too. Yeah, and yeah. I can understand where your brother's coming from too. Um, mm. I guess understanding and supporting is, is different. I'm not really here to give my opinion on certain things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, I was the same age. I'm a 72 baby oh, myself. Okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so pretty much went through the same thing at the same time. Mm. And I thought, nah, man, if they want to look for me, you know, they gave me up so they can look. And I, you know, and depending on how you feel in regards to the strength of that particular feeling, Mm. it can be apathetic right the way through to hostility. Oh, exactly. I remember feeling the same a bit, Mick, like because yep. you sort of got, you know, you go, okay, well, I can access this. But then you, as soon as the laws opened up, you're like, well, am I going to get a knock on my door tomorrow? Mm. Or you, It's a bit weird. That was yeah. a bit of a surreal feeling in itself. Did you find that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I kind yeah. of, and as well, the timing is never perfect. Um, no. I no. was, yeah, very, very busy and got told that, um, you know, certain news right before a big game of cricket. And uh, yep. I'm like, oh, probably not the best time to tell me. <laughs> but <laughs> A lot to process. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. never a good time. Um, no, no, exactly. So exactly. connecting with your birth parents, how did that unfold? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously I spoke a lot to my you know, adoptive parents, because I wanted to make sure they were okay with yeah. this um, yep. as well. Because you know, as as you know, you're aware there's so many people, um, stakeholders in it. I guess mm. um, you know, um, and their feelings, you know, and all that type of stuff. And I wanted to make sure that they understood if I was going to go ahead with um, reaching out or getting my birth records, that that didn't mean that I was disowning them as parents, etc. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, and, and once once that was established, um, I remember kind of putting in, I can't remember what the government agency at the time was, had to put in um, an application to get 
the papers mm-hmm. and I was given the choice of an individual interview or a group interview. Mm. Um, I was told that the group interview would be quicker um, to get my info than the individual one because it'd be a longer wait. So I went to a group interview. Dad drove me and just waited for me um, and wasn't knowing what to expect and sort of looked like a, you know, sort of a little group um, of people, probably about maybe 12 people. Yep. All just sitting around in a circle in a room and then they had like a, a counsellor there as well. And um, I think this is the interesting thing I discussed with my husband a bit. Um, when you get your birth details, they go through all the counselling um, from the birth parents' point of view. Um, you know, you don't just knock on their door and you've got to take into account that they might have had a family and mm-hmm. all these many variables. Mm. Um, you know, um, they might, you know, have you know, mental health issue, you know, you're opening up a Pandora's mm. box, I guess. You don't know what you're going to get um, and you've got to be okay with that too. But you've got to also be respectful to, um, you know, your birth parents um, yep. because obviously it brings back a lot of grief and anxiety and all that kind of stuff for them. But I find that um, having met my birth mum, which I'll go into in a moment, yep. that... Uh, I think one thing I I find I struggle with is that she has not had the counselling the other way. Yeah. That that sometimes I find puts another elephant in the room a bit in terms of how you discuss certain feelings and stuff. It's it's just a bit bit of a weird one. (laughs) But, yeah, so I sat in that session and um, heard many different stories about people being told and how they got told and, so I felt like oh, I was lucky because I can't remember being told it was always just part of me. So I felt that was really a good thing, um, even though perhaps it was traumatic at the time, but can't remember. Yeah. Then at the end of the session, got an envelope. Mm-hmm. And I remember my hands were shaking because you're so nervous, kind of, what am I going to open? Um, and because I remember having, um, you, I don't know if you had the same, Mick, um, I think it was called a Schedule 6 birth certificate. I remember right. being at high school and comparing birth certificates and all my friends had either blue or white ones or pink or whatever and they had black writing. Mine had very little information, less than a normal birth certificate and it was black with white writing. Okay. So, and got told at that session that a lot of people found out um, that they were adopted by applying for passports because they didn't have enough information on them. <laughs> so wow. they went with their birth certificate and obviously found out they were adopted because it was a special adoption yeah. birth certificate that people had. Anyway, so got the original papers and um, then sort of reading through them and that was quite um, quite interesting but nerve-wracking. You get that mixed, mixed mm-hmm. reaction, sort of a bit of excitement but a bit of apprehension at the same time I remember looking and thinking okay reading through and going okay my name at birth was Sonia and um and I'm like you know I remember saying to dad later I used to complain about my name being Karen because everybody growing up in the you know 70s and 80s was Karen Darren or Sharon (laughs) so it was kind of it was crazy so I'm like you know um, every you know every time you turned you think someone's talking to you and then I'm like, oh, actually, Karen's not so bad. I don't like Sonia so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's, it's funny, you know. Yep. Um, anyway, so I just had that and I sat on it for ages. I think um, I didn't reach out to her until about 12 years ago. So right. I was about, okay. um, yeah. Um, 
And the reason why is being a twin, I was still living at home with my folks and so was my brother. Right. So that created a, another kind oh, yes. of, of element, I guess, is how do you contact this person? Um, so, yeah, how do you contact this person and say, mm. this is where I live, blah, 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 here's my contact details, and basically give all that, um, basically say this is where I am, but then also your biological son is here as well. Yeah. Um, and respecting his um, side of it. So, yeah, that that kept me on hold for a very long time. <laughs> and that's completely um, understandable. I think without him I probably would have done it earlier. Yeah, absolutely. And was he a part of that when it all happened or did he neglect No, again, we didn't talk about it. Um right. So you mean when we when I eventually did contact her or yes. when I got the adoption papers? No, when you contacted her. And... Yeah, no. Um, Mum, he lives over in the UK now okay. um, with his family. Right. Um, Mum and Dad obviously jump on um, Skype and Zoom, that type of stuff with him yep. regularly. And um, after having met my birth mum and chatted to her a few times, um, Mum... And Dad decided just to tell him that um, that I'd established contact, to which Mum and Dad said it was like a shutter went down. You know, like when you're sort of mm-hmm. smiling and then somebody gives you bad news and your facial expression changes. Yes, um, yep. it was like that. Just some right. some door just shut and his face just changed, um, and he sort of was very serious then and said, "Okay, I just want to know how stuff." He didn't want to know you know, what she did for a living, if okay. she married, if she got kids, any of that, no personal stuff. It was just, um, you know, is there any heart conditions? Is there? Yeah. And that was it and yep. then nothing. And even since he's been um, over to Australia pre-COVID, obviously, yep. and um, never spoken to me about it. Um, right. So, yeah, it's still that elephant in the room for us. But, wow. um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess his decision is not to have contact. Yeah, and I respect that yeah, too. Of course. You know, um, you know, but I guess being a twin, and, and I've never mm. met anyone else who's a twin um, who's been adopted together. And um, I mean, it's probably a bit like your sister and you, you know, both being adopted. Mm. I don't know. Did both of you want want to find out or? <laughs> well, um, my sister decided not to. Mm-hmm. She hasn't looked um, yeah. and hasn't uh, gone down that rabbit hole and mm. that's completely 100% her decision. Um, yeah. And I was found. Um, so at, if I wasn't found, I would have probably not have looked yeah, so it's interesting. You both yeah. got the same, but yeah. it, it, it's 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 sort of yeah. And you you obviously from different families. I'm guessing. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's yeah, it's just all those layers, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> at the same time, yeah. though, the more people I talk to mm. and and hear their stories, I'm I'm nearly on the road to making a decision of potentially doing a DNA myself and yeah. having a look for the other half of my DNA. Okay, it, yeah, maybe. yeah. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. See, like I, having met my birth mum, I'm not – I kind of find for me, because I don't get along with my brother, and this is probably where it messes with my head a bit, and I have told her this, 
um, in more recent years. Yeah. Sometimes I'll have a meeting with her. We usually catch up once a year. We'll just go somewhere neutral. Yeah. Just, you know, have lunch or something. And she hasn't met any of my family and right. I haven't met any of her family. It's just us two. Okay. So it's usually neutral, non-threatening, that yeah. type of thing. But yeah. I, there'll be days where I'll get home after the meeting and I talk a lot. So like I'm quiet and then my husband's like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I don't know if I want this relationship to continue. Like, right. you know, I don't know. And I think part of that is because obviously I'm going to see traits of my brother in her, right? Yeah. I see traits of me in her. Yeah. But then it's the traits of my brother I really struggle with and I'm like, mm, I don't get along with him. <laughs> you know, now do I really want this, you know, more of that. Um, so, but then other days it's, it's fine, you know? Um, so yeah, I think, you know, yeah. Um, I guess though, to to contact the birth dad, I'm like, I don't know if that's going to open more of that kind of, you know, double-sided kind of, um, thing in my brain a bit, if that makes sense. Yeah. Even Mm. though I guess we pass on characteristics to our children, Mm. we're still individuals ourselves. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I get personality yeah. types can either get enhanced or diluted. Yeah, and you find like being adopted, you find that a lot of your personality you kind of put down to just being you because you haven't had that before you you know before you were born. You've got no history. Um, yeah, you, you didn't grow up with that instinctual knowing who you looked like or who you behaved like or who you got that from. So now getting a little bit of that, I find it very surreal too and I find mm. I kind of half connect with it but I kind of half disconnect with it too. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. I um, have a tendency to um, put my negative personality traits on the um, easy to blame. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, yep. That's hard. It's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess for me, like reaching out to her, um, you know, when I did, my brother was living on the other side of the world, so there was no threat. Yeah. But I'd had those documents sitting there for so many years. And then having children of my own, one of my um, youngest was, I think, just after 12 months, 18 months, I'm sort of going, well, it's not just my info anymore. It's not just mine and my brother's. Yeah. That's true. They own that too. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I really had to think deeply as to what I wanted to do with that. And I felt like I owed that to them. So I think they were the most, the the biggest driving force for that in me contacting her um, more than more than what I wanted, I guess, yeah, as well, if that makes sense. It does. It's. I was mm. just thinking it's funny you should say that because I think the – all started rolling for me when my daughter started asking me questions about my adoption. Yes, yeah. And I was open with her and told her everything that I could at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, if you've ever got any other questions, just come and ask. Um, yes. I'm an open book. I'm not trying to keep any secrets in regards exactly. to that. Because it's her story as well as mine. Yeah, has she expressed any interest in finding out or any info or not uh, really? To, not really because I think yeah. she still considers it my story more than hers. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. My um, eldest, um, a few years, uh, 
about oh, and sometime last year. She's 16 now and um, she said, oh, I've realised they were doing something at school in regard to family history or whatever. And she said, I realised that I don't really know much about your your father, like, you know, biological side. Yep. And I said, would you like to find out? And um, then she's like, oh, no, that's okay. And I thought, well, that's the first that she's kind of really mm. voiced that to me too. And, you know, yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> because yeah. you're just like, well, that is their info too. It is. Um, and I think, yeah. Um, I guess because we're one step away, we are the result of a massive decision by mm. our birth parents. And the our children are a generation down the line from that. So mm. they know who their biological parents are, or in the case yeah. of our natural children. But then it's their grandparents and yep. obviously the grandparents that they have currently, half of their parents, half of the grandparents are biological on my wife's mm. side and then mine are adopted. And yep. But they don't see any difference and there is no difference. No, no, exactly. Mm. There is none to them. But, no. yeah, it's an interesting one and the whole nature versus nurture stuff that plays out as well yeah. with it, I find it's really fascinating as well. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah. where to now? Where? How did you go, like, with um, what's what's happening next with, uh, with, with your birth? Um, well... We're sort of like in a bit of a, I guess we haven't seen each other for a couple of years. Yep. Um, she was 21 when she had us, so she's kind of, um, she's, she's, I think she's pretty comfortable with the whole adoption thing. She said she wasn't one of those mums that was forced to give us up yep. and always wanted us together. So that was kind of good. I mean, I think the whole adoption story is good to get those, some of those blanks filled. Yeah. Um, so did you that. get the um, reasons why? Did she tell you that? Um, I don't know how much you got, but like in my adoption pack, there was like from the hospital, I guess because she was pregnant with twins and she was staying in a, in a um, she was from rural Victoria near mm-hmm. the South Australian border mm-hmm. and she was staying in um, one of the um, main hospitals in Melbourne right? Um, for quite some time because she was pregnant with twins and mm. she said that she had a lot of student doctors and nurses coming around to measure her and check her out and <laughs> all that right. kind of stuff. Um but, um, yeah, she was. Um, she said that I, I remember in the birth pack there was all these little diary notes from the nurses of um, what was happening each day and stuff, which I found quite interesting. And she, one of them was that her, um, her dad and her stepmom had come into hospital or whatever was talking to them. Yep. And they didn't want her to give us up. Right. Um, but she felt that it was more in our best interest for her to give us up. So I found that quite interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and having met her, she said, yeah, she was definitely not forced, um, but felt that a better life would be given to us if we were given up. Right. Um, so that's that's what she did. Um, and, yeah, so... That, that's pretty much that one in a nutshell. Um, but, yeah, now I sort of find, yeah, I don't know um, whether, I mean, we see, see each other over here. I yep. did have an interesting thing recently where, okay. where I, I, I'm a part-time artist and I had an exhibition, um, like a group exhibition that I was part of, and she happened to turn up to that. Oh. Um, and I didn't have, yeah, and it was the first time in, in 
in two years pre-COVID since I've seen her. She did kind of mention that she might turn up and yep. that was okay. Yeah. And I didn't really think too much of it. Um, I just sort of went, I'm somebody who just goes along and then, yeah. <laughs> then I'll find myself in it and go, oh, well, did that really happen? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I just thought, oh, if she turns up, she turns up. And I ended up winning like a, a prize in this thing. So it was good yeah. shock as well. So yeah. I was in well good done. shock and... And um, one of the committee members had come up to us and this I found kind of really surreal because I'd never been in this experience and you'll get me being yep. adopted. And they said, oh, are you guys um, adopted? Hmm. Oh, no, are you guys, sorry, are you guys, um, sorry, related? And I've just gone, uh, and I was lost for words. I had yeah. no idea what to say because I hadn't rehearsed this and yeah. we'd only ever met in neutral zones and this was like my zone, yeah. you know, and I'm yep. like, how do I do this? What do I, yeah. <laughs> what do I even say? So I kind of gestured towards my birth mum to which she sort of said, oh, you know, um, I adopted her, you know, at birth and I wanted to do it and, you know, and all yep. that story that I just told you. And, um, you know, and then I sort of lost track I sort of went I think I blanked some of the conversation and anyway and then because I was sort of like what you know how do I go with this mm. and then the next thing she sort of grabs her phone and says oh and she's got three sisters huh. <laughs> and showing photos and I'm like oh hang on this is really surreal I feel like I'm dreaming here is this really happening and what do I do with this information Did you um, know I knew point? I had three three half half sisters right. I guess and um to which the committee members like oh do you want to meet them and I'm like wow oh this is too much <laughs> I just honestly felt like it was just so overwhelming yeah um so I'm like oh yeah maybe one day and whatever and I just sort of thought I, I really wanted just to be out of that conversation yeah. um I felt very awkward with it um I remember going home and saying to my husband look you know I get why she said that because yeah. she wants probably to feel like, hey, look, this is what happened and, you know, I've made a life for myself. I get that. Yeah. Well, um, I but guess it, did mess, it did mess with my course. head, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. So, in, yeah. in that situation, we would describe, uh, I guess, a birth mother or birth parent, right? Mm. And the, the title mum, I think, is, you know, it's up for the individual. Yeah. However... The title of daughter or son is mm. you don't necessarily earn that one. That's like no. if she's describing you, you're her yeah. daughter. But yeah. you know, if if your mum was standing next to her, how do you say this is my mum and this is my birth oh, mother? That's it really, really kind of it, yeah, it kind of really put me in that spin a yeah. bit. To be quite honest, Nick, and I haven't really talked to her after that much. Right. You know, um, about it, um, you know, I, I guess at, the, at this point, I, as I said, I go up and down a bit um, mm. with it, um, the ebbs and flows, because you open this door and you're sort of grateful in certain ways that you've got it, that information. But then some days you go, you know, does this eventually peter out? There's mm -hmm. no crystal ball to go, does it peter out? And yeah. then I'm okay with that or does it keep going? And, you know, I guess I don't know if it gets a time where you go, what are we getting out of this anymore? You know, is this beneficial? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that that's a tricky one, you know, to know. Um, and there's no right or wrong answer to that. No, and and I guess I go back to that original meeting when I was in you know eighteen, um, in that group thing because one of the things was you don't contact these people 
and then go, okay, I've got my information, goodbye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that always sticks with me too. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one knowing where it will go. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, but, yeah, my, my husband said, look, they're not really your sisters, you know, to describe them as your sisters. And I said, yeah, I don't feel like it's a connection that they are sisters. So, But, again, that's being in it, isn't it, as, as yeah. I think you've said before, unless you're adopted, you don't get that. And and that's where I find, I think I said earlier, when you get your birth records, they say this is what the adoptive parent might be going through and I felt like if she had had the counselling, maybe she would have handled that a bit yeah. differently because she would have had a idea of perhaps you know where I'm at with it um you know I feel like sometimes it we keep things a bit more clinical you know Mm. (laughs) um and sort of not discuss those sorts of things and maybe that's a conditioning thing because I've been used to that with my brother as well so it's just those layers so it makes it it's quite complex but you know you work through it it really is and I think one of the things that we need to consider from our birth parents in general, not just ours individually, mm. but something happened, then they needed to make a decision that was going to affect the rest of their life and all of our life. Exactly. And the decision exactly. was made and we do um, have access to help and, mm. you know, we can discuss this quite openly um, mm. to a degree. Like, I mean, we don't walk around... And introduce ourselves as hi, I'm person, and I'm adopted. You know, it's yeah. not something yeah. that happens. It's not your, it's not your soul entity, no, is it? Yeah, not at all. Yeah. But once they've made that decision, and once their baby has been, I guess, removed from their custody, mm. they are expected to go back to life like normal. Yes. And yes, that's something that I've not really taken into account until I started series yeah 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 and I, I reckon that would be so hard yeah um and then the other flip side is they've actually um like she physically saw both of us mm. when we were born which mm-hmm. some birth moms don't yeah um so I don't know whether that makes from a birth parent's point of view the adoption thing feel more real because yeah. as an adoptee, it feels very surreal because there's not actual physical person that you remember no. <laughs> at birth. Is there? No, it's not just, at all. you know, um, and it's a bit dreamlike. It's like, yeah, this augmented reality. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think there's a so like I think even with you know adoption's been around ever since humans have been having babies, and the result of that hasn't really been, I think, really assessed properly in how it affects our psyche. Mm. And I think we're starting to scratch the surface now. Yeah, um, definitely. And obviously... I mean, it's good Yeah, good now that they've got open ones and that type of thing. I think yeah. that's a little bit better. But, um, yeah, it does. It does. I mean, even like I took uh, my eldest to a... a like a paediatric appointment a few mm-hmm. weeks ago and mm-hmm. they said, oh, do you have history? Or, you know, they checked her heart and whatever. Yeah. They said, oh, that's all fine. Do you have history of this? And just those little things, yeah. um, you know, an adoptee knows how that feels because you're just like, you know, you've got those gaps and 
you know, I've had people that aren't adopted say, we've got those gaps too, but I said, you've got ways of filling them, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can go, oh, I don't know, I'll go home and ask whoever yeah. I'll phone my aunt or uncle or, you yeah. know, my mum or whatever. But, um, you know, as an adoptee, you've always, and, and even having met my birth mum, known her over the last 11, 12 years, even having filled gaps, I don't even think I'm ever even if I, I think if I met my birth dad I don't think I'm ever going to fill those all the gaps because yeah. a lot of them are just historic gaps I don't mm-hmm. even know, know a way of explaining it it's just you've had those gaps for so long that you're used to them a bit I don't know yeah does so that how, make sense it does how do you answer the doctor's question I answer it I'm adopted and I then yes yeah, same the end of the conversation <laughs> same and then it they just kind of Every now and then you get one that looks really awkward about it. Yeah. <laughs> like the, oops, hang on. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe I should have said that. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, basically that. Yeah. And, um, it, yeah, it's and then a quick way to end the conversation. Yeah. And, and every now and then, even growing up, go, you'd go, you get people go, oh, you look a bit like your dad or something. And they're like, mm, okay, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting. I don't yeah. see it. You know, I mean, I look, there's certain expressions I'll see parts of my brother and that. So I've had little bits of that. Like if I hold my face in a certain way in a mirror, I can see my brother. Yeah. So I haven't completely been out of, I guess I've had that element, but not the same. Still, you know, it's not that um, um, I think a friend put something on Facebook. um, You interviewed her, Julia, um, the other day and it was talking about um, mirroring and how important mirroring is growing up. And the analogy was that the person did on Facebook was they said, if you're adopted, don't do it. But if you're not adopted, look in the mirror, just hold a mirror in front of you and name just things that remind you of people in your family. Wow. And I thought, wow, and it just gave me goosebumps. And I'm just like, well, okay. And I got a bit emotional thinking about that because, you know, that just tells you straight away there's gaps, right? Yeah. And then they said, turn turn the mirror to the backside now and now do it. And huh. I thought, wow, that was so powerful um, for me because I thought, well, that's exactly what it's like, you know. Um, I know like my birth mum talks about... Um, she lost her mum at 18 months, so right. I think she sort of feels oh. like that's sort of similar sometimes, okay. and I get get that, but yep. you've still got um, relatives around that can tell you all those stories and, um, you know, that you looked like this or, um, you know, that you're following that trait or those sorts of things. So that mirror analogy really was very powerful to me. I'd not yeah. heard that before, but I'm like, yeah, you know, so I think I'm going to use that now yeah, <laughs> absolutely. if people ask because I thought, yeah, that was so powerful because um, you don't instinctively have that, you know, no. sort that, of just going on your own a lot. Yeah, that's a really mm. good one because, yeah, up until I've heard that, there's no way to really describe the feeling to somebody who no. doesn't know, but that is yeah. not bad. Isn't it powerful? I just thought, wow, that yeah. was, yeah, yeah. And that was part of the catalyst. I, I, I heard that and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to I'm gonna chat to you. I'll do the chat. So, um, you yeah. know, um, pushed me over a bit. So, yeah, so cool. I guess that's my story pretty much. No worries. So yeah. Um, before I let you go, yeah. if you were able to talk to yourself as a teenager at the same time mm-hmm. as when yep. the laws changed because I think that's a pivotal moment in our mm. in our lives. 
Have yeah. you got any advice for yourself or for um, people <laughs> who are about to go down this similar journey? <sighs> if I had to go back, I'm not sure if I'd make the same decision to contact. I'd probably lean towards where you are. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's the right decision. I guess my advice would be just be prepared be prepared for a bit of wild ride, I guess. Um, yeah. Be prepared to be open to things that you perhaps didn't didn't think existed. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest thing for me. Um, it's really kind of I'm pretty open-minded, um, you know, to most things and I still am, but I didn't realise um, how much it would, you know, yeah, sort of mess not mess with my head but it just kind of I think too the brother thing too like you get elements of um where you go uh, that's too much like that and yeah. it, it it just opens all these little gaps up and and just knowing where to put them I think sometimes um just be prepared for that yeah. I guess I don't know if that makes sense yeah um it's yeah it's, it, you get this information and sometimes your brain doesn't really know what to do with it doesn't mean it's a good thing or a bad thing, but no. um, yeah, it's just, it's just a can be tough sometimes. It's not all easy going. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. No worries. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. You're Karen. welcome. Thank you for listening to my story. My pleasure. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, Mick. That was Karen Woods with her adoption story. And if you've got any stories that you'd like to tell or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, uh, look us up on our Facebook page, The Adoption Chronicles. And as always, we'll talk to you again next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.